All right. G'day, you mob. How's it going? Welcome to this episode of Pete's Two Cents on the Aussie English Podcast. I am going to do my best today to be able to answer these questions and I am hoping my voice holds out. So, I have been sick and this week I've copped another one of these diseases from daycare or from winter. Who knows? I went and saw The Cause recently, an Irish band, so maybe I got it there. But we went to uh, Rod Laver Arena in Melbourne and watched The Cause. Uh, it was the first time they'd been in Australia for 20 years. So, I had to go with the family. I grew up on that music and loved it. Um, you know, songs like uh, Runaway and Forgiven Not Forgotten, Breathless, Irresistible. It was just great seeing them live. And um, yeah, hopefully it's not the last time they come to Australia. So, maybe I got it there. But yeah, I <laughs> had a great time uh, coughing and uh, spluttering and um, just, yeah, losing my voice in general and feeling like crap. So, I'm sorry for not answering the questions this week on Monday on Instagram, but I'm going to do my best to do it now. And you know what? I'm actually going to grab a drink before I get started here because I already feel my voice going. Okay. So, let me open up Instagram and we can get into it. Okay. If I'm dating an Australian, who pays the bill on each date? What is your culture like about dating? So, this one comes from I've Corona Dob. I think I've done one of your questions before on the podcast. So, um, this is a good question. I think I've covered this on an episode before where I talked about dating, I believe. And I've probably talked about this with my wife on the podcast as well. More and more and more, I think it's becoming normalized in Western cultures in general, but definitely Australia where women pay as well as men, right? So, when I was dating, when I was on the dating scene... God, six plus years ago now, I've been married for five and a half years. Um, It would always be something where, as a man, I would always offer to pay. I would always offer to pay because it is one of those things, you know, if you want to get into stereotypes a little bit, the stereotype of being a man whilst dating is that you are meant to be seen as, you know, well-off, powerful, a good partner, someone who can take care of the person they're with, right? And so, part of that is being able to take someone out for dinner and pay for it, right? I mean, you know, you're sort of subconsciously showing that you make enough income where you can afford to do that, and that it's not a big issue, right? So, yeah, it is one of those things that typically, in Australia at least, men will offer to pay. But something that, as I became an adult, became more and more normal was that women would then offer to pay for themselves or offer to pay for both of you. And I think this was one of those interesting things. When I was dating women, you would quickly sort of get turned off someone if you felt like you were being taken advantage of. So, if I went on a date with a woman and she didn't even bother offering to pay, you know, she had food, she had drinks, she just, you know, went all out and then at the end was kind of like, the assumption was, oh, you'll pay because you're a boy, you know, you've got a penis, so you'll pay. Uh, That would kind of offend me, right? And I mean, you know, you may give them the benefit of the doubt on the first date and see if she does it again on the second one or the third one, whatever. But I think a big, that was a big turnoff. That was a big red flag to me where you would go out on a date with someone and they wouldn't even offer. And I've, I've heard this from dating, you know, experts before in the past, men giving advice to other men and, and to other women. And I remember that line being like, it's the 
man's duty to pay, it's the woman's duty to offer to pay. So, effectively, it means, you know, that I want to feel valued as a man when I'm taking a woman out dating, whether it's me or, you know, man in general. An easy way for a woman to make a feel make a man feel valued is to show that she doesn't take his time uh, for granted or his money for granted. And she offers to pay either for herself or for both people. So, yeah, I think it's it goes both ways too, right? Like, if you were a man going out with a woman, I mean, you know, we're talking about opposite sex relationships here. That's because I'm, you know, heterosexual and they're the relationships that I've had from the perspective of a man. So, maybe it's the same for gay relationships. I don't know. But I think you would get the same negative feedback from uh, women as well. Like, if you were a woman where if you kept going on a date with someone and offering to pay for the food or the drinks and he kept saying, yeah, no worries, you go for it, you pay, you pay, you pay, that would also be giving you a sign that he's probably not, you know, worth your time if he's just constantly taking you for granted and expecting you to pay for everything. So, yeah, I would say if you're dating in Australia, you know, both parties should just offer to pay and you try and come up with uh, an equitable kind of thing. You know, you could do tit for tat. One of you pays this time, one of you pays next time. Um, and it's just it's it's just seen as a sign of respect and that you appreciate the other person that you're with, right? So, yeah, I, I think that's where the culture is going more and more and more. All right. Uh, I wonder how many people I've offended. <laughs> uh, Larissa Maletti asks, how to act... To meet an Australian, do I expect to be asked out on a date? Oh, we're going all dating today. So, again, I can only really give advice from a male perspective. I think if, if I was hanging out, obviously, if, you know, I'm a man and I'm hanging out with a woman, if I was single again, I would probably be the one who would try and instigate the first move. I, I would be, you know, if I really like someone, I'm going to let them know as soon as possible and show them that I'm not just after, say, a friendship, right? Like, if I meet... Uh, a woman that I'm attracted to, I get along with her. She seems like an amazing person. I'm going to say pretty quickly, um, I'd love to take you out sometime and I'd love to, you know, would you like to go on a date with me? I would love to get to know you better. You seem like an amazing person uh, because you just don't want those kinds of opportunities to pass you by, right? You don't often meet people like that, that you feel like you may be compatible with in a, in terms of a relationship, they're not just everywhere, right? You don't just walk outside your house, walk down the street and pass 50 people that you could be in a long-term relationship with. They tend to be hard to find. So, th- as I got to the end of my 20s, I really did try to get to a point where I didn't let those kinds of situations pass me by. You know, I didn't want to regret not asking someone out or not talking to someone or not even subtly trying to make a move in terms of showing them, flirting with them, showing them that I'm interested. Um, I, I never wanted to have regrets of, of having that pass me by and missing out on a potential, you know, relationship with someone who may be the one. And, you know, that's what happened with me and, and my wife. I ended up, I was the one who made the first move. From a male perspective in Australia, it is a massive turn on when a woman makes the first move. And that doesn't mean physically, like she doesn't have to, you know, grab you and kiss you or anything like that. But if a woman shows she's interested in you as a man, it is an incredible feeling because so few women, at least again, when I was dating in Australian culture, so few women do that readily. Um, It's not the most common thing in the world. And this is something that um, my wife was always sort of laughing about with Australian 
Australian uh, dating culture. In Brazil, they're a lot more forthcoming with this sort of stuff. You know, they'll jump your bones. <laughs> so, I've heard. Um, so, yeah, if you're a woman and you're looking to meet Australian guys or you, you've met Australian guys that you really like, definitely make a move, right? Say something. Um, flirt with them. Even if it's just subtle flirting, you know, um, make it. try and make it as obvious as possible if you can't summon up the courage to just flat out ask them on a date. I would make a move. You don't want to be there at the end of the day only waiting for someone who's going to make a move on you because you may miss out on, you know, countless really good matches because you haven't been the active person. You haven't been the one who's gone out of your way to try and um, instigate uh, a relationship with someone. So, yeah, that's the kind of advice that I would be giving to people. I would say if you find someone that you find attractive, you think is funny, is intelligent, you think, oh, man, there could be something here. We could end up in a long-term relationship. God, do not let it pass. Jump on it, right? Do something. Say something. Even if you just say, hey, do you want to hang out sometime? Do you want to get a coffee sometime? Like, just do something because the the benefits, right, the, the possible payoff is so, so, so much better than the negative. Worst case scenario, the person can say, I'm not interested, right? That That's literally as bad as it gets, I think, when you ask someone out. The worst thing they can do is just say, no, I'm sorry. You know, I, I've got a girlfriend, I've got a boyfriend, or I'm not interested, or, you know, I, I'm sorry, I just don't think it's going to work. That's about as bad as it gets, right? But on the other side of it, as good as it gets is that you could potentially find the love of your life. You could end up finding the person you marry or end up in a lifelong relationship with, have children with, live with, um, you know, have an insane romantic relationship with. So, the positives here, I feel way, way, way outweigh the negatives. So, yeah. Um, as a woman in Australia, I would not just expect to be asked out. Um, take take control yourself and do the asking, if that makes sense. Okay, let's keep going. Um... Jeez, you guys, every single week, guys, there's a whole bunch of you who ask about Australian TV shows <laughs> and which ones to, to help you. I've got a question here. TV series for improving my Australian accent understanding. Um, would you be... And then the next one is, uh, would you introduce some interesting Aussie TV shows um, to help us get familiar with the accents? You guys are probably not listening to my podcast if you're asking those sorts of questions because the expression episodes, every single one of them for probably the last hundred or so, I think, I'd have to go back and count. But they they feature TV series and movies in them that have Australians in them. They are Australian TV shows. They are Australian movies. They're docos, everything like that, that are going to help you uh, improve your Australian English, your comprehension of Australian accents. I've said it multiple times in the past. Find any Australian TV show that you find interesting that is about topics that want to make you sit down and watch the entire thing that, that you know, that, that draw you in. Don't just watch any TV show or movie because it's got Australians in it. It's got, it's made in Australia, whatever, because you, you may hate it and just zone out. You might fall asleep <laughs> on the couch, right? And at the end of the day, what's important is you being engaged with the content, with the material that you're using to study, um, to get better at understanding Australian accents. So, the first step would be looking for something that you already find interesting, right? If you're into horror films or horror series, look for an Australian equivalent to that. 
Uh, if you're into romance and comedies, you know, try and find series or movies or docos related to that as well because you know you're going to watch them and, and enjoy them a great deal more than, you know, if you're into rom-coms and someone says, hey, check out this horror slasher film. You'll love it. You'll be like, mm, not my thing, right? It's not my thing. The next thing beyond that, and we've talked about this many times, is that you need to actually study the material, right? You need to spend time with it. You need to listen and repeat. You need to do multiple passes of the same material to really get the maximum out of it possible. It's all well and good to consume content in your target language as just a daily practice, right? It's good for you to spend time with the language, but if you have a problem, say, you know, your vocab isn't good enough or you feel like you need to learn more expressions or you don't understand Australian accents, what you need to do is spend a lot more time with the material you're studying, you're exposing yourself to. So, this would look like, say, finding a TV show and finding one episode of it that's 30 minutes long and maybe watching it once And then taking notes, finding new words and expressions, use the subtitles, watch it again, take notes, which bits did you understand, which bits didn't you understand, watch it again, watch it again, watch it again. I'd probably watch the same episode three or four times at least uh, with subtitles, without subtitles, writing down new vocab I'm learning, slang terms, expressions, focusing on parts that I'm having trouble understanding. You know, is there a certain conversation about a certain topic that... I find really hard to understand. Is there someone in the TV show or film that has a really tough accent? If that's the case, and I understand everyone else in the film, I'm going to spend time repeating the sections that that person's in so that I get familiar with their accent. Because that's a big thing. If you've got trouble with, say, Australian accents, it's not going to help you to expose yourself to, say, more British English or more American English if your goal at the end of the day is to understand as many Australian speakers as possible. What you need to do is find the Australian speakers that you're having the most trouble understanding, find TV shows, find movies, find scenes within these these materials where those accents are being used, and then use subtitles to help you hone your ear so that you can understand the nuances of the pronunciation that that person is using when speaking English. I'm just going to have a sip of water again. So, yeah, that's it. Um, Where to go to do this? There are TV shows and movies on Netflix that are Australian. So, just do a Google search. See if you can find Netflix Australian TV shows, Netflix Australian movies. I always suggest that you guys sign up to SBS On Demand or iView. So, these are free sort of Netflix equivalents in Australia. iView is ABC. It's run by the government. So, it's free. You can sign up online um, at iView. I think it's .net.au. You'll have to do a search, but iView. So, the letter I and then view. Sign up for that. I think the majority of the stuff on there is Australian, um, though there are some series and films that are from overseas. Uh, And then SBS On Demand has a lot of stuff as well that you can watch again for free. And I think both of those Uh, platforms will have subtitles on there as well so that you can play it on your computer, on your phone. You can, they probably both have apps. So, you should be able to download it on your phone and just sit there and, you know, watch away. But the good thing is they should have subtitles as well so that you can listen and repeat and practice uh, reading whilst you're listening. Okay, let's keep going. Um, 
What kind of dog breed is your favorite? So, this one comes from Tyler. Oh, that's a good question. I think Labrador is probably... Again, it's not like I don't like other dog breeds. Uh, dogs in general, I really like and I, I love cats. I just love animals. You guys will know my background is uh, zoology, right? I did uh, 11 years of study at university um, studying animals in one form or another and just, yeah, I just love animals. So, I love dogs as well and I've grown up with Labradors. My parents always had Labradors. We've had uh, golden Labradors, brown ones, black ones. We've got one at the moment called Banjo, my dad's Labrador. And they're just kind of really good family dogs, right? They're not too energetic and crazy. They don't, at least the ones that I've experienced, don't bark like crazy usually. You know, they're not the yappy kind of small dog that's constantly making noise. They're not really aggressive. You know, they tend to be pretty sort of dopey and friendly, if that makes sense. They, they get along with children, which is really good at this point. Obviously, I've got two kids and my sister's family, she's got two kids and we're always over at my parents' place and the kids, well, Noah's not a massive fan of Banjo. He, he's kind of scared of him and I think a big part of it is that Banjo is so kind of like big and licky. He always licks and they're all at kind of like face height with Banjo. So, <laughs> Banjo constantly comes up and wants to lick him in the face and I think it's just freaked Noah out a bit. But Joey, on the other hand, my daughter, oh, she loves Banjo to bits and just- is constantly cacking herself, right? That's a, an Aussie slang term for laughing. She's she's always going outside and when he, whenever he comes up and starts licking her, she just laughs her head off. So, um, yeah, probably Labradors. Golden Retrievers are pretty cool. They're sort of similar. I think they just have longer hair. But there's loads of dogs that I like. Dobermans, um, Rottweilers, German Shepherds. There's so many dogs out there. They're all kind of cool for different reasons. You know, Pugs, Bulldogs. Jack Russell's, there's, there's loads of cool dogs out there. So, it'd be interesting to know what you guys think, what, what your favorite dog breeds are. Uh, okay, this one comes from English Viscana. Hey, mate, how many pets have you got? So, at the moment, we've got four. I'm, trying, I'm just counting in my head. So, we've got two guinea pigs, Baza and Stevo. So, they were named after two iconic Australian uh, personalities, Steve Irwin the uh, biologist and wildlife uh, lover who passed away in the early 2000s. And Barry Humphreys, who passed away only a year or two ago. He was a a really funny Australian comedian. So, two guinea pigs, Bazza and Steve. And we've got two cats now. So, we've got Peaches, who's the oldest and she's uh, very fat. (laughs) She loves food. So, we've got Peaches and I get asked by you guys all the time, why do you call her Peaches? That was just a name when we got her. So, we just kept it. We kind of found it, um, you know, to be a cute name. So, we thought, ah, screw it. We won't change the name. And we've got Scrap or Scraps. So, Scrappy, Scrap is also a, uh, well, they're both domestic cats. They're both, I'm trying to think, domestic short hairs. Yeah. So, Peaches is a calico cat. She's kind of like white, orange and brown, but sort of has like tabby patterns on her in different places. And Scraps is uh, black and brown and white, but mostly black and brown tabby. Uh, But he has like white on his face and on his paws. And he was called originally, he was called Levi. And when we got him, we went to uh, the lady's house who was fostering these kittens. And the idea was that we wanted to get a kitten for the kids because Peaches... 
I think you guys probably know, we've talked about it before, but Peaches is a bit of a, um, she's a bit of a bitch, <laughs> to put it bluntly. She, she's not very nice to the kids. She's not, she's not really a very friendly cat to everyone in the family except me. She sort of just cuddles up with me and that's about it. I think it's because I'm the one who's in the house the most. Uh, but she doesn't like being picked up. She doesn't like being cuddled and she scratches if you get too close to her, right? If you get in her face, if you get in her griddle, if you get too close for comfort, she um, lets you know. Whereas Scraps is the friendliest, loveliest little guy. Um, he's like a little dog. He, he's just always playing with the kids. They throw things for him. He runs around, grabs them, brings them back. Um, and he's just a bundle of fun. So, we went and got the kitten because we wanted Noah to be able to pick a pet that... Uh, pick a cat, his own pet, that he could bond with a little more from being a very young kitten. Whereas Peaches was, yeah, she's she's not much of a uh, kid cat, <laughs> if, if that makes sense. Uh, we'd like to get a dog eventually. And I think Joey's already sort of picked what kind of dog she wants. I think she wants a golden retriever and she wants to call it Teddy. <laughs> so... That'll be fun. But the difference between cats and dogs is just the responsibility required. And as a dad now, you know, you grow up. I'm just going to have another sip of water. You grow up with that that cliche of the dad thinks it's a great idea to get a dog and the family's going to love it. And then they, you know, they go and get the dog and the dad ends up being the only person who plays with the dog or takes care of the dog or walks the dog, cleans up after the dog, everything like that. And... I feel like the older you get, the more you realize that is totally true. So, as much as I have my wife and my kids being like, we want to get a dog, we want to get a dog. I'm like, oh my God, that is going to be so much work. I'm going to have to do so much more than I currently do. It'll be me walking it. It'll be me cleaning up the dog poo in the yard. It'll be me training the dog. It'll be me feeding the dog. It'll be mostly me. I mean, I'm sure they'll help out from time to time, but... It's one of those things at the moment where I'm like, I don't know if I want that extra um, work or responsibility right now. All right. Uh, Let's keep going. This one comes from Shafak. Are Aussies into politics or do they avoid engaging in this topic? I think by and large, Aussies don't mind talking about politics. I think you will, it'll be the case anywhere in the world. You'll come across people who, for one reason or another, don't want to talk about politics or religion or other topics, right? I mean, everyone has certain topics they're comfortable with and not comfortable with. Most Australians that I would know and encounter would have no issue talking about politics. Like my dad and I, you know, you guys will know from the Goss episodes, we love sharing our opinions about politics and everything. And We don't even mind that you guys may agree or disagree with us. The main point is to allow you guys to understand what what some Australians, my dad and I, think about certain topics and issues. And you guys get to sort of have that information out there and you can make up your own mind. My grandparents like talking about politics, my uncle and auntie. Most of the people that I know enjoy it and don't really have a problem with it. And I think a big part of getting to that point is where you have the maturity to understand that even if someone disagrees with you about a certain topic, it doesn't make them a bad person. It doesn't make them someone that you should judge really badly, negatively, poorly. Um, that That's a big thing. And I think that's probably a reason that people may not want to talk about politics. It's they fear being judged or they fear judging other people. So, yeah. But by and large, I think Australians are okay. The interesting thing about Australia... And it'd be interesting to know if it's the same in your countries, guys. I think the average Australian probably knows more about American politics 
US politics than they do Australian, right? So, you know, we are just constantly bombarded with information about America, American politics, American culture, American language, TV shows, movies, podcasts, uh, the news is constantly there talking about what, you know, Joe Biden or or Donald Trump is doing today. Uh, so, I think if you were to interview the average Australian, if you were to survey them, I reckon the average Australian could probably name as many, if not more, American presidents, uh, present and past, obviously, uh, than they could Australian prime ministers. <laughs> I reckon I, I would hazard a guess that that would be the case. I reckon if you sat them down, the average Australian could probably come up with at least five or six American presidents where I don't necessarily think that they could get many more than that uh, for Australian prime ministers. So, it is- and I, myself included. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, let's keep going. Um, okay. Uh, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. <laughs> this one comes from Rodrigo, who is an English teacher from Brazil. Oi, amigo. Espero que tá tudo bem. I hope everything's good with you, Rodrigo. I don't know if he listens to the podcast or not, but he recently got married. So, congratulations, Rodrigo. He says, man, it's been a minute. How's everything in paradise? I don't know about paradise, but everything over in Australia is... It, it's all good. Uh, we're going well. It's just... That expression, SSDD, I don't know if you guys have heard this. Same shit, different day. So, it means the same stuff, different day. It's the same thing every day, effectively. That's what it sort of gets to be like when you're um, a young parent. Every day, it's just dealing with the kids, taking care of them. Have they eaten breakfast? Have they gotten ready for daycare? Are they going to swimming lessons? Are they having dinner? Do I need to change nappies? Are they going to go out and socialize? Are we going to the park? Every day is pretty much that at the moment, you know. So, yeah, surviving, but not really uh, enjoying, quote unquote, paradise (laughs) at the moment as much as I would like. So, yeah. All right. I'm going to do one more because I think my voice is getting to its limit. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite AFL team? This one comes from Josh Carlo Paolo. What's your favorite AFL, Australian Football League team? So, I go for Essendon. I barrack for Essendon. That's the team that I support, the Essendon Bombers. And this is just because I grew up in a house where my dad uh, was uh, an avid uh, AFL supporter and, you know, love watching the games all the time and he goes for Essendon. So, I've always barracked for Essendon. I'm not a huge sporty kind of person when it comes to watching sport. I always preferred to actually be playing it than watching it, whether it was tennis, soccer, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, karate, whatever it was, going to the gym. I always much preferred preferred doing the sport, participating in the sport than I did uh, sitting down and watching it on TV. Though there are some things, I don't mind watching the odd game here and there, depending on what it is. But yeah, my dad, on the other hand, was someone who loved them both equally. I think he could sit down and watch sport all day, whereas I would be like, okay, yeah, I can do I can do a game. And then after that, I'm, I'm kind of tapped out. <laughs> I'm kind of a bit wrecked. Uh, so yeah, dad and I went for Essendon. We still go for Essendon. Dad's best friend goes for Carlton, the Blues. Um... My mum goes for Port Adelaide. She used to go for the Adelaide Adelaide Crows, uh, but then Port Adelaide as a team got made, I think that would have been in the 90s, and she used to live there, so she decided to to go for them. And my sister goes for the Kangaroos. 
the kangaroos, the North Melbourne kangaroos. And that was a funny story. Back in the day, she initially went for, I think it was the Western Bulldogs at the time. I think that that's what it was. West, I don't know if it was West Melbourne. They ended up merging, right, with um the Lions. No, what am I smoking? <laughs> is it? I don't know. See, guys, this is my problem. So, anyway, she went for the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs are still here. I'm thinking of two other teams. And she went to a game with the Bulldogs and the Kangaroos uh, with my dad. And then she asked to get a Bulldogs flag. So, my dad said, you know, here's $5, whatever it was, go buy yourself one of the flags. And she came back with a Kangaroos flag. And so, we hear this story all the time because it was really funny. My dad is like, oh my God, I'm devastated. She bought the wrong flag. I feel so bad. Uh, You know, how am I going to tell her? And when he brought it up, she was like, oh, no, I actually go for the kangaroos now. They, they, they have a better flag. <laughs> so, it was a really funny story that she went to buy one of the two flags and then was like, oh, wait, the kangaroo kangaroos flag looks better. So, I'm going to go for them now. So, yeah. Anyway, hopefully you've enjoyed this episode, guys. I hope you haven't mind- minded. I hope you haven't minded my voice um, being a little off. But, yeah, we'll get back to the regular programming next week with some more expression stuff. And in the meantime, I hope you have... An absolutely awesome weekend. See you later.